You're listening to Music Tectonics. Hey everyone, and welcome to Music Tectonics, the podcast that goes beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host for this episode, Trister Neuer Jaeger, Director of Strategy at Rock, Paper, Scissors, the music PR firm. Today's guests have been quietly powering some of the best streaming music experiences out there, getting Neil Young and services like Prime Phonic reliable turnkey ways to stream high-res audio and video. Frankie Tan and Calvin Lee, our guests today, are founders of AuraStream, the B2B force behind many an HD audio and video streaming project. Frankie has a background in business and engineering, and Calvin has a long track record in tech, but they both are passionate music lovers who know why high-quality audio really matters. Thanks, Frankie and Calvin, for joining me today. Uh, thanks for inviting us. <laughs> great. It's great, to, it's great to have you here. Um, and it's wonderful to get a chance to talk to both of you about what high-res audio is, does, and means. First, how do you guys explain AuraStream when you, say, run into a new acquaintance at a party or at a more casual gathering? How do you explain what you do? Yeah, uh, I, I would think that uh, we are in the business of uh, doing high-quality content delivery. You know, for person that I first met, you know, in an event, uh, I would just basically explain that, you know, you know the high-quality aspect is something that is... Uh, way overlooked for many, many years, you know. So for the last two decades, you know, people have been uh, just looking at, at uh, listening to audio you know, in, in MP3 quality, and, and there's so much that they lose out, you know. Two generations of listeners who grew up on MP3s, you know, and basically they think that this is good enough, you know, until they were to put on uh, decent headphones, or basically really have, uh, you know, a decent pair of speakers turned on with, you know, with, with music, real music coming from CDs, from a high-res uh, digital file or even vinyls, then they find that, you know, there's so much things that they're missing out there. And I think uh, uh, one example that bring across was uh, when I talked to young people, you know, uh, people sometimes as young as uh, my daughter's age, you know, she's in her teens now. Uh, so when they ask, you know, what uh, I do, you know, as as a professional, and I said that, you know, this, uh, this is essentially uh, focusing on high quality uh, sound in, in, you know, the various media and content that we deliver. Uh, they look very surprised, you know, they basically do not know uh, that there's anything wrong with it, <laughs> you know, until they basically just stop listening to uh, audio that's played through uh, their mobile phones and basically turn on uh, the sound on really a good hi-fi system. So we have a very good demonstration uh, in our mobile apps on both the iOS app store and on Google Play store. So usually I would also invite them to download the AuraStream uh, uh, Brio app so that they really have a shot at it, you know, especially for uh, people that I kind of get acquainted to when I'm in the digital <laughs> uh, equipment or gear uh, store, you know, selling headphones, earbuds, speakers, and etc. You know, I would just invite them to really 
experience how this is like coming through from uh, our mobile app. Awesome. That's great. I mean, hearing really is believing and it's hard to know what you haven't heard, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's really hard to actually uh, know that, you know, this is what you're missing out until you have experienced it by hearing and by feeling uh, what is in the music itself. Yeah, I think everyone is a little bit more familiar with you know, did with the image resolution and its effect on our experiences. I was wondering, Frankie or Kelvin, if you could go into a bit about exactly what we mean when we talk about high res or lossless audio. I think it's a word, it just like immersive audio or spatial audio. There's all these new audio um, standards and formats that people throw around pretty blithely, but we may not exactly know what it means technically. So let's get technical for a sec. Um, what exactly is high res or lossless audio? To me, uh, uh, being a former musician, uh, it means uh, getting what I've recorded, the sound that I have painstakingly captured, you know, uh, through my recording gear uh, into a digital format that is best representative of how it actually sounds like when I recorded this in the studio. So uh, high resolution audio is probably a name just given so that it kind of tells us, you know, it's captured uh, not in a tape format. It's not in a media where you know there is very low signal to noise ratio. Just just to be technical for for a bit here, but we are talking about the highest possible uh, digital format that you would be able to utilize. You know through your recording gear. You know, and I I think that basically to me is high res audio. You know, but over the years, you know, people use it as a marketing uh, term. You know, just to differentiate between. Uh, what you would buy as CD, great book quality in, in the store. Okay. And, and these days, basically, uh, it's rare to actually encounter physical media like CD or even a, a, a DVD. You know? and, and so basically, uh, having digital files, a, a digital format like FLAC or Apple Lossless typically would represent what we know as uh, high-res audio <laughs> these days. You know, but back then, I, I think it's more about the sound. You know, how do you best bring the sound out from an analog instrument and capture it and retain the fidelity and uh, the accuracy, you know, the representation of what you hear to your audience. And this is now being represented from, you know, moving from CD to a physical media like DVD. You know, this is now going through basically a digital format, you know, in, in a file or a stream uh, representation. And it's coming to you, you know, uh, from all the streaming services that you have, you know, in the world, the app, the Apple Music and the Tidal and the Amazon Musics of the world. So as yeah, a music, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, Frankie, sorry, go ahead. Yes. Most people in the industry would refer high resolution audio to anything that's digitized or sampled at 48k and at 24 bit depth so anything that's 24 bit depth and 48k sample rate and higher these are according to the industry this is classified as high resolution audio anything below 48k 24 bit depth so cd for instance isn't actually considered high resolution and and losses audio quality just refers to the 
the compression process uh, in terms of uh, the digital files. In a lossless compression or high-res lossless compression, the digital audio data bits are, are preserved in its original um, uh, condition, original quality. There is no, there is no, it doesn't go through a process of what we call perceptual uh, lossless audio encoding that, that involves removing data bits, audio data bits, uh, and hence the word lossy audio uh, uh, from the digital file. So, so, so these are kind of the technical definitions and, and differentiation between what's a lossy uh, digital file and what's a lossless and high resolution audio file. So it's pretty technical, uh, but it has to do with, uh, with the resolution, uh, the definition of the uh, audio, uh, of the digital audio, you know, in terms of uh, audio quality. I think to take a step further, uh, uh, the high-res formats that uh, we are looking at essentially would eventually represent or you know uh, transport the efforts, okay, of a recording engineer, you know, and those who are involved in the mastering in the mixing processes, you know, they it's basically an art form, you know, a skill that not many in the world would be able to uh, master and essentially it is to turn that sound you know that is being captured through these people you know into the best possible sounding uh, recordings you know that you eventually release for production uh, into the masses i think doing that uh, do justice to the sound that the artist has intended, you know, and the effort, the hard work and the effort uh, put in by all these people who are involved in the production work. So I think, uh, you know, there, there is a joke in the industry that, you know, you, you basically spend a thousand dollars, you know, on uh, creating the soundtrack and then you spend a thousand more buying equipment to have this mixed and produced. And on the other end, you know, uh, your users are going to spend like a few hundred dollars buying very decent audio gear, you know, but what you're getting out of this process when it comes to, you know, releasing it for production is actually, you know, an MP3 quality. You know, so it's, it's kind of like uh, you run into a bottleneck, you know, you strip off the uh, recording of its uh, of the most essential information and what's left over is actually what goes out you know to people who are interested in you know in, in supporting an artist so essentially it's like you know something is wrong there you know why are we do even doing this when 20 years ago 20, 30 years ago basically you know uh, people were able to really enjoy a decent piece of work in a in a red book CD, you know, in the uh, in its original lossless representation of the recording. So something has happened there. We have taken a step back uh, in the last twenty years, you know, just to uh, make do with something that's inferior to even the CDs. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's almost like there's this ten dollar earbud bottleneck, even if both. <laughs> Even if the producers and the listeners have have invested heavily in decent equipment, there's that broken link in the chain that reduces everything to much, much lower quality. Wow, that's a really interesting way to put it in historical perspective, Kelvin. So wh where does this bottleneck come from? What are the technical challenges that have caused 
um, this sort of strange failure in the audio supply chain, for better, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, and how I think Orastream is, has really tried to tackle some of them. So let's talk a bit about those challenges and what y'all have done to address them. Yeah, so I, I guess the benefits of digital audio is... Uh, uh, know has has really resulted in uh, uh, in in convenience you know uh, it, it brought along you know uh, uh, portability of music mobile music and and a very uh, high level of convenience in terms of consuming music by mass consumers so so that that has been the benefit uh, and the driver of uh, digital music when apple capitalized on on you know lossless music and digital audio and of course, over the years, uh, uh, convenience has trumped quality. So, so what what we set out to do with this technology was to end, to kind of say that we can enable the quality without sacrificing convenience. So, in our application, uh, which is really focused on mobile easy access to music, uh, the convenience of assessing music, the ease of assessing music, uh, we 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 continue to focus on not taking away the convenience, but in, but enabling the high fidelity and the high quality sound of the music. So you get now, you know, the, the original uh, reproduction or as close to the original production as possible without sacrificing the convenience that you have been used to over the last 20 years, uh, you know, which had, which has been the main driver in behind digital music. So, so that's kind of what, Oral Stream uh, set out to do, you know, when we started this company, to use uh, uh, scalable lossless audio uh, coding technology for 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 music streaming. I think another reason why uh, uh, people persisted with using MP3s and AAC, you know, uh, essentially the lossless formats, a uh, lossy formats in this in most of their listening, you know, for the last two decades, I think part of it has got to do with uh, the habits that they have, you know, in terms of buying music directly from iTunes, you know, for 99 cents a track, you know, it's, it's really very convenient, you know, for anybody to just pick what they like to be added to their shopping cart and then just pick that instead of the entire CD, you know, where probably you're going to just skip 80% of the tracks. I, I think uh, for some reason, this persisted, you know, uh, and, and people think that this is convenient, you know, but uh, I, I think Apple and Apple, Amazon Music, you know, in the last uh, 12 months since they launched the lossless uh, and high-res versions of the music that's in the catalogs, it's restoring music, you know, in the way that it's supposed to be listened by people around the world. Where do you think the main places where we're going to see uh, consumer demand for higher resolution audio take off? Like, where do you guys see the most interest, action, potential development? I think it may start very naturally from the smallest things, like, you know, the music that we are listening to. Gradually, they are being replaced by the losses version. You know, uh, people are taking that very naturally now because uh, for the same price, you're not listening to MP3s, but you have a, a choice to turn that on. Once they turn that on, they will just uh, uh, go with that, you know, unless they are on, say, for example, a mobile cellular connection, they are concerned with the data usage. 
then obviously uh, there is a choice to switch back to different quality. And that's exactly what uh, Aura Stream is uh, strongest in, you know, because our adaptive streaming allows a user to be able to uh, pick the most suitable profile for any situation that they are, uh, they are that they're listening music in. We have been pushing uh, the sort of adaptive streaming technology for the last 10 to 12 years, you know, it would mean that uh, users are getting really the the uh, the bang for their buck, you know, and basically they are not going to say, okay, I've experienced this, therefore, you know, you know, I, I'm going to just go back, you know, or take a step back, pay for less, and then uh, listening to something that listen to something more inferior. So all these are naturally take making progress, you know, they are basically taking in things that are more high res over time. You know, it's, it's just like TV, you know, uh, I like to <laughs> always go back to how TV and vision has basically uh, progressed with time. You know, people used to think that SD is good enough, you know, and back in those days, it was 480p. And then uh, it goes from there to 720, which was DVD standard, you know, and these days, if you go with 720, it's just, you know, too little for your your 65-inch TV at home. So basically, people are going for a 4K resolution. And and that happens very naturally over time. You know, they're not even like thinking about uh, should the quality be this good in order to, you know, to for me to watch this on my 4K TV or on my uh, hi-fi system at home. So for the same reason that is true for visual, you know, the, the same, I think, uh, applies to audio as well. Uh, we should be expecting things to move beyond MP3, 320 kilobits per second. Okay, but I, I like to basically raise this point here that unfortunately, uh, there's always this disparity. You know, while uh, 4K displays have moved to 8K, you know, and, and 4K is really, really the mainstream uh, format these days. You know, you get 4K on Netflix. On, on YouTube, you know, you get a growing uh, amount of content that's recorded in 4K, you know, whether it's uh, produced as a movie trailer or it's basically uh, YouTubers uh, worldwide. Okay, uh, 4K is now the de facto. But uh, what is there to say about the audio? You know, it remains at MP3 at 320 kilobits per second. While this has gone up for video, nothing has changed for uh, audio at all. You know, and this is going to be a widening disparity as we move up from uh, 1080p, 4K, which is 2160, up to uh, the next higher standard, okay, which is uh, 4320 or 8K. You can visualize it in the chart, you know, that for 320 uh, kilobits per second uh, MP3, it's essentially 0 0.3 uh, Mbps. And then for a 4K display, you're basically at say uh, 16 to 24 megabits per second. So this is a factor of almost 0 0.3 versus uh, probably 60 times, you know. <laughs> yeah, video is 60 times the size of audio, you know, and video continues to gain inroads into even higher resolution while audio is, you know, is, is basically taking a backseat, is pushed to a second spot, a far second spot. Uh, I wanted to go back to uh, Trisha's point and add that that actually I, I don't think you know it's it's kind of a, it's gonna be a kind of a big bang sort of event you know in terms of 
of uh, you know uh, conversion or adoption of, of better quality audio. I think it's it's just going to be very subtle. I mean, uh, let's let's take let's take a look at classical genre. Like you know, we 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 powered the first classical music service uh, in high resolution and Lawson. That that was classics online back on twenty fifteen. Uh, it was a service uh, uh, led by Nexos, Nexos uh, uh, US actually based out of te- based out of Tennessee, and and in fact that was the first classical genre service that featured lossless and high res twenty four one ninety two audio quality, and that was the service that spawned Primephonic, then and and then. Spawn uh, Idejo and then Presto Music, so you can see and now and and now uh, Amazon has acquired uh, Primephonic to bring it into the um, in, into the Apple Music suite of services. So you can see that that you know the next classical music service, if there's gonna be one, it's not gonna be run on MP3 audio anymore. That there's just no competitive uh, comparative advantage at all so you can see that effectively in 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 the genre of classical music uh, we are we are classical music uh, lovers are going to be able to experience high resolution and losses audio quality if they want to do so that the services will be there for them obviously like Kelvin say for maybe budget uh, seller cellular package cellular data budgeting purposes they they choose to stream in mp3 quality to conserve bandwidth that's that's a different that's a that's a different that's a use case but you can see that in in gen in classical music for instance classical music lovers don't need to go back to mp3 anymore there, there is no turning back and i think that this this is how it, it will happen it's very subtle people will get to listen to their favorite music in losses order quality and after they listen to it for a week a month if they go back and listen to mp3 quality they will start to hear that there is something different in the music it just doesn't sound as exciting it doesn't it's in fact sounds quite boring you know and then they wouldn't go back to mp3 or lossy quality anymore there are there are very subtle differences that, that that you you hear and you feel you know when you listen to a uh, losses audio quality music over time of course if you most people say you know you know in in uh, comparable a b testing nobody can tell the difference that's because you're listening to it just on that instance but if it's a music that you know it's just like a movie you know if you if you love a movie you watch that movie many times you know what's the next line of dialogue it's the same like music once you know that music you listen to it very very you listen to it often enough when you hear hear something that's missing you just know it you know what I, mean? I, I i i and i think that that it's very subtle it, it's not a big bang event that oh this is going to happen and then tomorrow everybody's going to listen to high-rise music it, it, it wouldn't work that way it would just be a very subtle diffusion of technology over time you know you, we, we 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 can see this happen already in classical music uh, where listeners are discerning about sound quality because of the instruments that are available in, a, in an orchestra for instance but we see this diffusion you know adoption of high resolution and losses audio quality in by consumers over time it, it won't be a kind of big bang today this 
event tomorrow where all uh, high-res, you know, audio consumers. It, it wouldn't happen that way. But it, 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 it's, a, it's a process, it's a diffusion process. No, or that makes a ton of sense. And that, that also harmonizes perfectly with what Kelvin was saying about the slow progress of, um, you know, image re resolution and how now if you're used to looking at a, a super high res uh, screen, if you look at an old TV from the 90s, it's just like painful, right? It's unwatchable almost. So right, right, I can yeah, imagine right. a similar progression happening with audio. And it's so interesting that classical music is leading the way. Um, another leader in uh, who's been demanding high quality audio for decades is Neil Young, whom you've gotten a chance to work with as well. And I was wondering, you know, what, having worked with Neil and his team, and, you know, they're super thoughtful about audio quality and what it means uh, to the fans and to the music. I'm wondering if you guys could could explain a little bit, you know, from your experience, how what it means to artists to have their music available in this much um, sort of higher caliber form. What you know, what has Neil told you? What have other people told you? Why is it important for artists to have an access have access to this, you know, audio quality? Well, I, I, I kick off first, but I, I, I hope uh, Kelvin can jump in as well because Kelvin, um, you know, feels very passionate about this this matter as well. But I mean, Neil feels that Neil Neil has always expressed this, you know, that 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 music is an art form, and and it needs to be preserved. And if you want to preserve an art form, you preserve it in its in its as close to its original production quality as possible that is really close and dear to him because he feels that you know they, the the art form is just being diluted people don't get to appreciate the art form in the way that it was performed in in a way that they took pains like kevin had said earlier to preserve i, I remember uh one of the first exchanges i had with neil uh was when we were working on improving the streaming uh I would say the streaming strategy, you know, that we have for Neil Young archives, you know, we, I think we started with something like a slow ramping up of the quality, you know, uh, in, in the early stages, you know, and Neil was very concerned with that because uh, the moment you do a ramp up in quality, it means that, hey, you're going to be missing out the first 10 seconds, you know, because it's all going to be sacrificed in the ramping up. Uh, operation and then as an artist you know you actually would like to convey the entire uh, uh, integrity I would say the authentic authenticity of the sound you know in the recording you know not just in the next 10 seconds but from the moment you start play you know it should already be able to convey the entire authenticity of the recording and why they strive to do that i think over the years then i realized you know it's it's basically for the same reason a painter a photography both are artists you know and and as a musician you know uh you know this this artist what they are trying to do is to capture a moment you know the moment that they uh probably are going through or when they are panning down the lyrics or even if these lyrics have been panned down for many years, you know, they have been re-recorded. You know, they, Neil has sung many of his uh, uh, songs that has been written many years ago in various variations, in various renditions. 
and people enjoy every single one of them, even the BTICs, even the uh, the ones that has been hidden, uh, you know, in the attic for many years. And then, you know, as they recover all these recordings and it, they, they kind of uh, remaster and bring this out to the fans. Uh, one thing I realized that the fans are not looking for perfect recordings. They are looking for recordings that capture the moment, you know, that tell a story, you know, the history behind what has happened across the decades, you know, uh, as, you know, some of these lyrics may have uh, been the same, you know, but things have evolved, you know, the story has begun to take on a, you know, a, a life on, on its own. Okay. And I think all these things are essentially all captured through the digital uh, format, you know, that we are kind of responsible for. So I do feel that, you know, there is this uh, sense of <laughs> uh, mission, you know, of going into this mission together with Neil and his team, you know, that like, you know, we are into this together, you know, and it's not just the recording side, the studio side of things, but really bring the entire package out uh, right to the doorstep of his fans, you know, until they are really consuming the music with their uh, audio system, you know, whatever it is, it could be a earbuds or speakers. So I think that is really very, uh, I think, crucial to an artist. And I realized over the years, you know, that, uh, you know, it's not just about the beats and the technical uh, specifications, you know, but it's about carrying the, the true sound over, you know, whether it sound uh, like it has been polished with auto-tune, you know, <laughs> or it's, it's really recorded, you know, with a single take, you know, on really an acoustic uh, guitar that you sit down and strum on. You know, these are essentially what is possible if these are maintained, you know, in its truest form and presented to uh, fans worldwide. Yeah. And, you know, and, and for, for Neil, it's not just also the audio quality. I mean, obviously, uh, what he really wants is to preserve the art form. And, and and that's really paramount. But the other thing that, that he has actually he has actually pushed forward, which is less less sort of uh, less uh, well known, you know, but equally important is that music shouldn't be priced differently. He 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 takes the stand that you know uh, high resolution audio or, or or high quality or better quality or lossless audio shouldn't be for the elite, you know, shouldn't be for for people who who can afford to pay for them. He, he, you know, he, to him, music to consumers has to be delivered in the best quality and it's up to the consumers to decide and choose at what quality do they want to consume it at. You know, if, if, if uh, consumers don't care about the quality, they are happy and they feel that, you know, an MP3 or 320 kbps is good enough, so be it, you know. It's, but... But uh, but for for another consumer who who wants you know the 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 highest quality, then that consumer should be able to get the highest quality without any increase in price. And so on on the on on in the New York Archives, he practices what he preach preacher. Uh, you you can buy a high res download on or high res album uh, on the New York Archives, um, one ninety two. 
kilobits, uh, uh, kilohertz sample rate, uh, 24-bit uh, audio quality at the same price as an MP3 download an album available on iTunes store. So, so, so that is that is you know he kind of practices what he what he preach. Uh, 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 he, so, so you know he he, he, he he the other thing is that he 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 he, he disagrees that that you know uh, high res high resolution audio music uh, has to be uh, has to has to carry a premium. And and I I think uh, you know when when he first met when he first kind of discovered us he had wanted to to run you know uh, com, sort of uh, transform Pono into a streaming service and he actually went to the major labels and see the CEOs of the major labels and 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 told them that he wanted to run a high res streaming service priced at nine nine ninety nine you know and 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 his reason his reasoning was that you know he's using Oral stream, which is an adaptive uh, audio quality technology, it 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 you know the audio quality that a consumer consumes depends on the bandwidth of the consumer's network. So he says that there is no guarantee that the consumer is consuming high res quality all the time, you know, because you know networks are slow can be slow in certain areas and the technology will will reduce you know the audio quality so that the quality of service will be maintained and so consumers don't consume high resolution all the time and so therefore you know there shouldn't be a justification to price a service at 99 or 1599 or 1299 you know so 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 he he maintained that it should be 999 and of course uh, that's something that 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 not all the labels agree so so he decided then to do it for his own music where he can control how this music is not only delivered about what what, what cost and what price to the consumer you see so so that's that's the other thing about Neil it's not just about audio quality it's about how you know how how consumers should be given the choice to to consume music at whatever quality they want, you know, without using price to, to select or pre-select or or differentiate between different types of music consumers. So that, that's the other yeah, that's the other quality that I I I I, I think that you know it, it's 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 um, some people say that it's you know it's kind of like you know but you you know these are these are kind of like very philosophical type of you know principles you know it's just principle it's very principle arguments you know and i cannot disagree with that you know that line of thought you know that mm-hmm. line of thought you know. well especially if we're going to consider this an art form and you know if we're going to think about how to access that art form um you know the more you know democratic we can be if we think that art form has a, a an important impact on human life then we need to make sure as many humans as possible can can get a chance to enjoy it. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, Thank you so much, Frankie and Calvin, for taking the time both to dive deep into the technical side of audio streaming and also to talk a bit about the the human and the cultural sides. It's a pleasure. All right. (laughs) Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We have new episodes for you every week. Did you know you can dig deeper into all our episodes with the show notes at musictectonics.com. 
While you're there, look for the latest about our annual conference, sign up for our newsletter to get updates, or get the Music Tectonics app for music tech news. Everything we do explores seismic shifts that shake up music and technology the way the Earth's tectonic plates cause quakes and make mountains. Connect with Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and find me, Dimitri Vitsa, if you can spell it, on LinkedIn. Bye-bye. You're listening to Music Tectonics.